Welcome to PwC's Tax Readiness podcast series. I'm Jenny Rada, a PwC state and local financial services partner based in Chicago, and today I'll be your host. On today's episode, we'll be exploring a little outside of the realm of state taxes by walking through Puerto Rico's tax landscape with another state and local financial services partner, Johnny Garcia, who just also happens to be based in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Johnny, do you want to give us a little background about yourself and talk about some of those key points in Puerto Rico tax? Yeah, thank you, Jenny, and happy to be here with you today. As Jenny stated, my name is Johnny Garcia. I'm a state and local tax financial service partner. I actually started my career in the ITS, international tax practice, and moved on to state and local FS. And thinking back, I bring that up because um, ironically, now I'm in San Juan, Puerto Rico, which while Puerto Rico is not a state, it, it is a commonwealth. It has some international tax implication from the U.S. standpoint. So why we bring up Puerto Rico now, and, and if you think about the asset and wealth management, there is actually a correlation. And as we know, many years, asset managers have been in Puerto Rico, you know, and, and the product that has attracted them is the Puerto Rico bond market. But over the, the years, when you look at the global economy and you look at COVID, the interest in Puerto Rico has increased dramatically over the last couple of years. And for many reasons, I think you have the distress that you have opportunities here in the island from an operating standpoint. I mean, you also have other investments that asset managers are coming here to, to really invest in and, and maximize opportunities for their investor base. Thanks, Johnny. So when people do invest in Puerto Rico, it, you mentioned that they have a separate tax regime. So what does it look like if you're investing and you have connections to Puerto Rico as a partnership or and then separately as a corporation? What are some of those implications? Yeah, no, very good question. And I think you you hinted at it that Puerto Rico has its own fiscal autonomy, meaning that they can create their own tax laws. And one of the things that really trips asset managers is really understanding what are the uniqueness uh, to Puerto Rico filing requirements and even tax. What are the tax liability that may come about investing in Puerto Rico? So when you take a step, let's take a step back. When we look at the partnership regime, it's all flow through similar to the U.S., but because it's a commonwealth and it's deemed as an international regime for U.S. purposes, Puerto Rico has very um, high withholding from a partnership standpoint, right? So when you look at your non-residents in Puerto Rico, you're now looking at a 30% withholding rate. The U.S., you know, that ranges from 4 to, you know, as high as 14% when you layer in certain cities on the U.S. So when you look at that 30% withholding rate from Puerto Rico, it's very high. One, you're all deemed non-residents. U.S. investors, but that credit that you receive, you don't take it in your personal income tax, in your state income tax return. That's deemed as a foreign tax credit. That's one. The second area is when you look at procedurally or administratively, we're not dealing with the same tax authorities as the U.S. So when you go to remit your partnership return, there's administrative hurdles that you need to clear with the local tax authority. And that's understanding the timing of when you need to file partnership return and distribute K-1s to your investors, which is vastly different than what we experience in the U.S. And different, I mean, by the due date is it's early in the year. It's by March. There is no extension. And, and when you think about our, the asset and wealth management industry, you may face situations where you're not in control of the information you need to comply with some of the filing requirements, let alone in the U.S., but Puerto Rico. So, Understanding how to file and when to file, but also dealing with the foreign tax credits of non-resident withholding in Puerto Rico is something that asset managers should really think about and understand how they're going to timely pass that information to their investor base. 
Thanks, Johnny. That's definitely a good overview of the partnership side. And I definitely know a 30% withholding rate would shock many. But like you said, the foreign tax credit is really the key difference between that Puerto Rico's withholding and considering other state withholding that the two of us are typically um, spending time on. On the corporate side, I know since the corporations, if you're investing through a corp, it's not going to be considered domiciled in Puerto Rico. So is there a different taxation corporations that are based in Puerto Rico versus outside or foreign domicile corporations? And are there some key areas that we should highlight and think about? Yes, yes. So another investment vehicle is corporations, very common in the asset management, asset wealth management industry. And from a Puerto Rico standpoint, uh, Puerto Rico does distinguish domestic corporations, those incorporated in Puerto Rico, and foreign corporations that are domiciled and operating outside of Puerto Rico. And those two distinctions is key key to understanding what the tax attributes will follow. And Puerto Rico, for foreign corporations, has a branch profit tax. And that branch profit tax is an additional income tax rate on top of the corporate income tax. So Puerto Rico corporate income tax, let alone, it's a very high income tax rate. I think, or I know for the most part, is you have corporations are taxed on corporate income tax and you layer in a surtax that can get you as high as almost 40% income tax rate for corporation. And if you're considered a foreign corporation, which you fall under the branch profit taxes, you lay on an additional 10%. Now you're looking at a very, very high income tax rate for corporation, which may or may not be optimal for your investment strategy. And it's key to understand the structuring or or what is going to be the after tax effect of corporations operating and deriving income from Puerto Rico sources. Yes, it sounds like there are a couple layers to really think about as a corporation that's concerned doing business in Puerto Rico. As far as going back to kind of jump back to the partnership side, you know, if you're looking at it as a partnership and you have Puerto Rico residents, what are some of the implications for Puerto Rico residents? Are there benefits to being a resident versus a non-resident? Is the tax is the tax regime a little different for residents than non-residents? Yeah, uh, another very good question because that reminds me of the Puerto Rico tax incentive laws under Chapter 2 and Chapter 3, which is exportation of, of goods and services, but also the domicile of foreign investors um, in the island and, and all that incentivizing foreign investments in Puerto Rico. So, yes, there is a difference between non-resident taxation and residents. First of all, addressing the high withholding tax rate of 30%, as I mentioned earlier, for non-residents, resident individuals may have a lower tax rate depending on the income brackets. But if you look at the tax incentive laws under Article Act 60, which is newly Chapter 2, you have foreign individuals who are establishing residency in Puerto Rico and certain income for those new residents under Chapter 2 potentially can go tax-free on certain income. But I want to caveat two things. Those non-residents who are thinking about establishing residency in Puerto Rico and who have already underway the process of taking advantage of these tax incentive laws, there is a tax decree that you need to execute with the local tax authority and the Secretary of Economic and Development Commerce in the island. Um, secondly, this has been a focus area of the U.S. IRS and an increased campaign in auditing this tax incentives for U.S. individuals who are establishing residency in Puerto Rico. So it's I point that out for the reason that the resident and the newly domiciled U.S. investors in Puerto Rico, it's an area that has drawn 
an increased interest for many asset managers, but there is uh, unique implications on executing your true domicile change from the U.S. mainline to Puerto Rico. Thank you, Johnny. That's very interesting. And, you know, something I was, while I was listening to you, something that I thought about from some of the experiences I have had with filing in Puerto Rico, there are a lot of nuances to these laws, and there's a lot of detail and room for discussing and negotiating and talking with the tax authorities, because it seems like a lot of these laws and regulations may not apply to the specific examples in our industry as much. So it is something that if you are planning on investing, spending time with someone that understands these laws, understanding how the tax authority works and the processes is going to be very key. Do you have any other takeaways? I think we have a couple minutes before we need to close out. Yeah, well, look, the the key takeaways, as you said, understanding before you plan on maximizing or or executing opportunities in Puerto Rico is, one, it's a little bit different than the mainland. A lot of the interaction with the local authorities is in person. Two, the means in which you you file or transmit tax information returns um, is different. So that's getting ahead of that and understanding what needs to be in play to timely file your Puerto Rico tax return. Three, understanding your investor base and and what it means to have Puerto Rico withholding credits tear up to your different investor bases, whether you have individuals, trusts, exempts, super tax exempts, that's even complicates more of the issues that you may encounter and how they deal with those credits. And lastly, making sure that you have upfront conversation and understand what you need to do to comply with all those requirements in Puerto Rico from a partnership and corporation standpoint. Thanks, Johnny. I think those four points are very important to consider and to discuss with your tax advisors. I really appreciate your time today. And to the listeners, thanks for joining us for this episode. Make sure to visit PwC's Tax Readiness website, where you can find our webcast, sign up for PwC Tax Insights, and subscribe to future episodes. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.